turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. George Brockler back with you here, 710-KNUS. It's the final hour of the first show of 2024. It's been lively, uh, less on the phones than on the text. And I obviously I love the conversations that we have at 303-696-1971. That's the direction to go if you want to have this conversation. And I didn't expect this topic to go quite the way or, the, or how long it's gone, but these are very interesting points. We're referring, of course, to Nikki Haley's pledge to a nine-year-old with, I'm going to presume, a planted question, because uh, no nine-year-old knows who John Kerry is. Come on, folks. Asked Nikki Haley, likened her to John Kerry, and then asked if she would pardon DJT if she became president. And she did. And then Billy has this sound. Billy, do you still have that sound available? I would pardon Trump. If he is found guilty, a leader needs to think about what's in the best interest of the country. What's in the best interest of the country is not to have an 80-year-old man sitting in jail that continues to divide our country. What's in the best interest of the country would be to pardon him so that we can move on as a country and no longer talk about him. Yeah, you agree with that? 303-696-1971. Listen, the if convicted part, in essence, by saying that, too, what message are you sending to a future jury? Don't go through the hemming and hawing and the hand-wringing of paying attention to witnesses, both Trump's and the government's. Don't try to listen to the arguments and match the facts and evidence to to the law and render a decision that you think complies with the instructions you've been given by the court. Don't do any of that because no matter what conclusion you come to, if it's anything other than an acquittal, like maybe a hung jury, I don't know, I'm just going to wipe it away. I mean, why spend time caring? Why serve on a jury if you've got someone saying, if the dude's convicted, I'm just going to make it go the way of the dodo? I just disagree with the idea of using a campaign to pledge prosecution against a specific entity, entity or individual or pledging a pardon for the same. It just corrupts the process. Now, I had asked a a friend who had uh, texted in and said, listen, if he's convicted, we won't have a country. I asked why. Here's the response. It will divide us more than we already are. Technically, we will have a country, but it won't be a strong one. There's almost no trust in any institution that, quote, governs, this land and if he's convicted it will be a pivotal moment in our history there is no equal treatment under the law anymore i don't have a crystal ball but i am concerned i think that's fair to express that kind of a concern i i just don't agree with the idea that this is somehow the end of the country um i listen would it be divisive Yes, I think it would be on the right, uh, divisive. Um, hey, George, I, George w- help, me, yeah. help me walk me through that idea that if Trump, by a jury or by the 
criminal justice process is found guilty, how that then means that the criminal justice system, et cetera, doesn't work. Because, and the idea that, you know, we don't hold people responsible, wouldn't the pardon be the act of not holding him responsible? The idea of pardoning him, saying that even if he is found guilty by a jury in America, we are not going to hold him responsible for those crimes committed. I, what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing from the texter is 180 degrees away from their actual point. Their point is that if we hold Trump responsible, then all of a sudden it's a two-tier justice system, and so they're in favor of the pardon. Uh, the pardon is exempting him from the consequences. That's the result of what you're concerned about. With respect, I think what they're, I think what folks are going to say though is, hey, look, th- th- this is a politically motivated prosecution to begin with. And, and it's so disparate in how it's being used against him versus his predecessors. One, I can distinguish between the prosecution out of D.C., New York, Fulton County, and the Mar-a-Lago one down in Miami. I've said it before. The one down in Mar-a-Lago, that looks to me to be pretty conservative approach, pretty measured tactical decisions made by Jack Smith. I disagree with the one out of D.C. I disagree with the one by Alvin Bragg out of New York. That was a tortured, abusive use of um, the law up there to try to get around the statute of limitations to assuage a political pledge. I disagree with Fonnie Willis's prosecution. But the one out of Mar-a-Lago, folks, that is not political in this way. It does not appear we have ever had, ever had a president who, when confronted by the government when they were out of office with please return government documents, have lied to the government and said, no, I don't have them, or then said, well, they're mine. I converted them to my own private property, which is junk. There is no law that provides for a president to say, I've left office with these in my pants, therefore they're private property now. No such law exists. We've never had that. So the question is, is it worth prosecuting the guy for that? Or do we just kind of shrug and go, oh, that Donald. And if he's to be prosecuted, if he gets prosecuted and he's convicted, that's going to divide the country? And I think that's where Billy's going is to say, well, well, why does this guy get to walk above the law? Why does he get to exist? Because you and I wouldn't get that same treatment. Careers have been ruined. Um, Retirements have been prevented and upended from people who have done the same thing that Trump did with those documents that he hung on to. So the question is, is he better than anybody else? Should he be treated differently in that case? Just that case, folks. And and I'm saying, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's true. But the the issue here and the one that the texture, a very thoughtful, smart texture is, will this destroy the country if he's prosecuted, if he's not pardoned? Uh, we've got callers on the line at 303-696-1971. Hey, Malcolm, you're on 710 Kenos. What do you think about all this, Malcolm? Yeah, hi. Um, I, a little digressing a little bit, I think there's something about Trump that hasn't been discussed, and that's is his following, you know, changes a little bit from state to state, but it's a very solid 30%. And if there's more than one candidate running against him in any of the upcoming primaries, he will win just because he's got such a, a solid um, a, a solid um, backing, who, you know, right, 
my can't Trump right or wrong. And I, that's basically what, all I'm saying, what I want to say. That they, well, if where, where do you, do you agree them, then with, do you, do you agree with Haley that he ought to be pardoned in advance of any prosecution or as part of a campaign pledge? Or do you think, no, the dude shouldn't be pardoned? Well, no, I, 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 I mean, they, they, they'll say anything, you know. I mean, obviously your handler said that's a good thing to say. I don't really, I mean, no, I, I generally don't agree, but I'm saying that if the Republican candidates for the, in the coming primaries, and there's, what, five of them, if they don't uh, decide among, if they continue to fight it out, like John Kasich kept, got Trump in because he just divided up the votes, but if they don't decide amongst themselves who's going to get it, then Trump will definitely get it. I mean, he will have he has a solid 30 percent going in. And and that, all I'm saying is that's what I'm saying, essentially. Malcolm, I appreciate that, man. Thank you for the thoughtful call. Malcolm's line is open at 303-696-1971. Tony, you're on 710. What are your thoughts, man? Hey, good morning. Um, well, you know, the questions about Haley, uh, you know, I kind of think about the other night, you know, she, she couldn't, she couldn't identify slavery as the cause for the civil war. Um, and now she's saying, you know, well, she'll pardon Trump, but it's obvious what she's doing as much as she may want to run as a Republican, she's running as a MAGA and because she knows she's got to get that base. And so it's it's no surprise that she's saying, I mean, saying what she's saying. Chris Christie, on the other hand, he's sticking to his guns, running, trying to run as a Republican and point out that, you know, what Trump has meant to this country. She's she's trying to walk a different kind of line. So I, I'm not surprised. She's trying to appeal to Joe in Arvada. And she's made that conscious decision to do it. And, and we'll recall, you know, Trump basically saying I can shoot somebody on fifth Avenue and it, he was never going to shoot anybody, but it, it's a yeah, metaphor right. that he can do anything illegal, immoral, unethical, say anything he wants about anybody. It doesn't matter. He's not going to lose his following. And, and Joe is a, is the example of that. I think if you had, if you ever positioned to these people, what if Obama in 2016 had called secretaries of state, worked on it to defend Hillary, to put up an uh, alternative slate of electors, had on January 7th had uh, Antifa storm the Capitol, trying to overturn the election, put heat on his vice president not to to, to sanction the election. All of that, all of that. This radio station would be screaming to this day that he, that was insurrection. I, I, I'm pretty confident of that. And I, and I do well, listen. The, the hypocrisy thing is real, and it's it's on either extreme. But I agree with you that if the shoe were on the other foot, and we were talking about different parties in power during some of these things, I think we would have different opinions. And and that's disappointing, not unexpected, but disappointing. But let me ask you, in light of this, are you of the mind, and this is the, the position I've taken, whether it's to prosecute or to, bar, to pardon a specific individual, nobody should be campaigning on a pledge of using their authority in that way, that that is a corrupt motive that we should not honor with a vote. 
I I agree 100% with you. Uh, the concern, I the greater concern, I, she's never going to get the nomination anyway. So, I mean, that becomes moot. I'm concerned about that. those same exact statements coming not from her, coming from Trump. And he, you know what his position is on the same thing. He has every intention of chasing down anybody who's ever gotten in his way. Yeah, if I worry he, about he, that. I do. I do. I, and he, he hasn't come out and said the words. He's definitely hinted at it. But there are folks on his, on his behalf is too strong. There are folks on his team that have said things. And Billy shot me one article from or a quote from one guy who was like, oh, we're definitely going to go after members of the media. Who I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> that is anathema to the First Amendment. That is contrary to the whole idea of what we do here in America under the Constitution. But folks are saying it. But, Tony, before I let you go and get to the other callers, let me ask you this. Um, when you hear guys like Alvin Bragg campaign on nobody's prosecuted Trump more than I have, I need to be the AG, or Fonnie Willis, who has talked about it, or even, even though she's not in a position to exercise executive authority, but it's similar. When I think it was Rashida Tlaib said, elect me and let's go impeach the MF or all that other stuff. Are you equally opposed to those people saying it, even though they come from the other side of the political yeah, aisle? They come I, I, from the D side. I absolutely do not, do not approve of that. And I will also say, had it been Obama done, having done the same thing, and I had voted for him twice, I would be. I would never want to let see him again in Washington D.C. So, so I am different than you. I do believe it was insurrection. I do believe he should be prosecuted for insurrection. He may not have lifted a gun, but he did everything he possibly could to overturn a sacred, the, the most sacred thing in our constitution and that is that is an election so i am different from you now the case that's going on in florida that judge is making sure that that trial does not get started before before the one you do believe in she's doing everything she can to make sure that trial is not started before the election takes place and hoping that it then is thrown out and he will throw those those cases out i am concerned george i'm concerned about the future and him getting control in 2020, our institutions held. In 2024, he's swearing that the, the institutions will not hold, and that that concerns me. So, you know, so I, I but I would feel the same way if it were Barack Obama having done this, done that to defend Hillary Clinton in that loss, which they did not obviously, and they sat on the dais with him and and listened to him give his speech as the new president of of the country. Trump didn't do that. Tony, thanks for the call. As always, good, thoughtful stuff. I imagine there's a bunch of people that want to react to that. We've got full phone lines other than Tony's. You can fill it up at 303-696-1971, and I promise to get to those calls. Also, all the texts coming in as well. Some real thoughtful ones here, too, which I appreciate more than just the knee-jerk reactions that we we get in some some quantity here. I, I appreciate the thoughtful ones. I just don't think that there's a slam dunk right or wrong about every one of these but i am horrified at the idea that somebody would campaign on the idea that they would use their authority on a specific individual or entity in a certain way when it comes to stuff like crime or the allegation of crime here's the deal 
2024, this is the year you get back your youth, your energy, your confidence. You can do that, especially if you're a dude facing the hair loss thing by calling our friends at Advanced Hair Restoration. That's Tanya Pauls. She is not just a doctor. She's a magician with this stuff. It's why they're able to guarantee their work. Modern technology, top-rated physicians. What else do you need to know? Oh, I know. Maybe it's what's in it for me if I try to do this. Not just the health, not just the confidence, not just the exuberance. How about the idea that it's a simple one-day treatment? And if you call today at 720-459-HAIR, H-A-I-R, 720-459-HAIR, they'll give you 250 bucks off and 250 free hair grafts. That's your hair, by the way. They're growing your hair. Nothing else. It's you. Give them a call today, 720-459-HAIR, or you can check them out at advancedhair.com. That's advanced, ends in a D, advancedhair.com. Hey, when we come back, we're going to get to uh, the other calls, of course, on the line and your texts. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here at 710-KNUS. Phone lines have been hopping, 303-696-1971. So have the texts. Here's uh, our friend uh, Eric, the G... uh, I think Billy's responding to some of these. Should Secretary of State Jenna Griswold be impeached for what she did to President Trump? Shenna Billows, SOS in Maine, is being impeached, or there's talk about it. Do you agree? Uh, No, Uh, Jenna Griswold didn't do anything. She took uh, kind of a weird way out because she didn't want to make the decision and threw it to the courts. But what would you impeach her for? I, I don't understand what she did. The other it was problem the is courts that made this you, decision. George, Go you, ahead. You'd need to have control of the House and the Senate. Wouldn't matter. It would not matter. If, if Republicans came forward today and said a preach sec- impeach Secretary of State Griswold, it'd go nowhere. Because yeah, of the composition it, it, of the House and the Senate. If he's talking about removing her from office, there yeah. certainly could be a recall effort or something. But Even for, then. <laughs> for, for what? Yeah. For, for again, what, though? I in mean, the blue state. It, even Regardless of what it is, you can invent whatever you want. Blue state. Uh, that, that's going to take a huge... Yeah, practically, I don't think it works. But, yeah. but he asked exactly. me if I agree. I, what's the thing she did that was like... I, I get it. You disagree with it politically. You might even think, I don't think this comports with the law. Is that why you remove someone from office? It doesn't feel like it rises to that level. That's how we got to the two impeachments of Trump. We lowered the bar so low that it's, I don't like you. I disagree with what you did here. And now I'm going to turn it into something because I have political power. That's just the wrong answer for America. Uh, We've got callers on the line here. I think it's Ralph. Ralph, you're on 710 Canuas. Ralph, what do you think? Hello, George. First, two points. First, thank you for saving me 100 bucks. I was going to contribute to Nikki Haley, but not now. <laughs> oh, because of the party thing? Because of the exactly. party thing? Well, yeah, I mean, me. let me ask me. you another question on Nikki. Um, if Nikki gets low on funds, is she going to yeah. say that she will pardon drug lords? I mean, once you say, I'm going to pardon someone before they're convicted, what you're saying is, I'm selling pardons. I don't know if she's doing it to sell the pardons. I do think she's doing it to appease the base. And, and, and Ralph, do you believe, independent of the timing of this, that there could be a discussion had about whether or not pardoning Trump should he be convicted and incarcerated would have some sort of a let's get past this moment like when Ford pardoned Nixon 
Like there could be that. I, I don't I'm not disputing that there isn't that conversation to be had after the fact. But to do it during the campaign concerns the hell out of me. Well, yeah, but I, I think there's something even more basic than the Nixon question. And that is you put your finger on it, Mar-a-Lago. Uh, during our Southeast Asia excursion in Vietnam, I had some of the, the, some of the top clearances that, that existed that, at that time. And fundamentally, when I saw the, the pictures, and, and granted, they had been slightly, how shall I say, touched up to prevent uh, any classified information actually being seen. But I saw the covers on those, and I, I, I darn near had a heart attack. I mean, what you're talking about is, well, let me, ask you, let me ask you two questions. If you are a CIA agent or a source for the CIA, are you going to still spill the beans to the U.S. agents? And if you're a U.S. agent overseas, especially a no official cover agent, are you going to keep risking your life when somebody back home how shall I say, has the highest classified documents in his bathroom uh, in a public place? I don't think so. And then we ask you a question, George. You're in the military. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. Think about it. You have war plans. We are now going to what? Uh, invade some country. You're a soldier. Canada. You're an officer. You're gonna, you're, we're going to invade Canada. Wonderful. Like it. We're going to invade Canada. However... The president, because, how shall I say, he has no sense of classification, may or may not have left the plans for invading Canada in the washroom uh, somewhere in Washington where he was at. Yep. Are you going to risk your troops' lives on the possibility that that new President Trump is going to be exactly as, I can't even... I can't use the word on TV of high security classifications as Miralago shows. I think not. I, I don't know. Be a soldier because, under that. because what you're talking about something different. If it's recruiting and retention, that's one thing. But if you're talking about whether or not generals or commanders will obey the lawful orders of their superiors, including the commander in chief, because of this kind of a thing, I don't want to ever encourage insubordination. If the no, no, order no, no, is no, no, lawful, George, it needs George. to be followed. I am, believe me, I am not encouraging that. I am precisely 100% for that. But what I'm asking is, well, Frederick the Great of Russia, of, uh, Russia said it. No man who thinks is a soldier. Well, if any thinking soldier knows that the president has spilled or might have spilled the beans when you're about to invade a country and you are deciding whether to re-up or not, I don't think you re-up. That's the question I have, is the effect on national security. Both the CIA and our spy networks, our human intelligence networks, as well as our own military, do you trust this man with your life? Are you going to volunteer to trust this man with your life? I don't think think so. Maybe not, but I'm telling you, my decision to remain in the military, and Ralph, thank you for your call, by the way, 303-696-1971. My decision to stay in the military and to encourage others to join it during periods of time when Bill Clinton was president. Remember, I got commissioned under Bush 1. Okay, I stayed in. 
under Clinton. I stayed in under Obama, even though I got deployed to Iraq under Obama. But none of that impacted my commitment to the country or the Constitution. And even if this guy were to have been guilty of the the Mar-a-Lago stuff like that, it, it doesn't preclude him from serving as president. What we can't do is to start to chip away at the credibility of the institution developed by the Constitution, which is this idea of civilian control of the military vested in this one unified executive. And even if that guy got convicted, and I know it would be crazy, it would seem like it would be a a, a constitutional crisis. If the guy gives an order, I, I don't ever want someone to say, you know, he was convicted of that thing. I'm not sure I want to risk my troops' lives. Nope. Lawful order, you will follow it. And that's the thing I think that people are losing sight of here. When they hear me talk about the institution or the FBI or the DOJ, what they hear is anti-Trump. What they don't hear is pro-Constitution, pro-these institutions that should be independent of the Dems or the Republicans. Because my position is the same. My position is identical, whether it's about an R or a D on these particular decisions. And so when someone says, well, when you agree that it would call into question his ability to lead and all these other things, I don't know if it does or doesn't, but I don't want a single soldier or officer ever disobeying a lawful order coming from the president, whether they disagree with it or not. Ever. That's the end of civilian control of the military. And we can't have that either. Hey, I got to tell you about a uh, super attorney, a guy named Dan Kaplis. Uh, Dan Kaplis and Babur Wahid uh, are people that have used the civil court system to the advantage of the those who are. And I don't want this to sound like a measure of weakness, but those who aren't in a position to protect their own interests and to seek justice on their own. Could you go through court without an attorney? Yes, you could. But why would you do that when you have the option of calling the top civil litigator in the state of Colorado? Why would you do that? And he doesn't say, hey, you got to pay me X number of dollars before. He doesn't work like that. He says, first, tell me the story of what happened to you. Let me know what happened. And when it's a righteous case, Dan says, here's the deal. I'm not going to cost you a penny. Here's what I'm going to do. I will take a percentage of whatever it is I can recover for you. That fixed amount doesn't change. I will do that for you. And that creates the greatest incentive for him to get the greatest recovery of justice on your behalf. You just don't have to go out of pocket. Imagine that. You get the number one civil litigator in the state of Colorado, and it costs you nothing out of your pocket. 303-770-5551. If you've been hurt by someone's negligence, recklessness, or intentional conduct, there's the first bestest place to go, and that's dancaplislaw.com. Kaplis is C-A-P-L-I-S. Dancaplislaw.com. 303-770-5551. Let's, uh, let's get right back to the phones. I think it's, is it, I'm sorry? Oh, we had Mike on the phone. We just, we just uh, dropped Mike. Mike's question was going to be about Mar-a-Lago cases at above board, or is Jack Smith just a hack? Well, I don't know that those things are mutually exclusive. I suppose he could be a hack, but I tried to disassociate myself from his individual motivations and political leanings from what I see in the indictment. And I'm telling you, looking at the indictment and the law, the Mar-a-Lago case looks legitimate, and it looks to me like the most and perhaps only legitimate prosecution. The only answer, it seems to me, 
that folks have for this is, and this is the problem, when you have Alvin Bragg rush to be the first, he already tainted the entire process at the state and federal level, the perception of it, because it was so politicized. Fonnie Willis, I feel like the same thing. The January 6th prosecutions, come on, man. It's gratu- I just think it's gratuitous. I think it's overreaching. But that one in Mar-a-Lago, I mean, tell me what the alternative is. Tell me what the right answer is to what happened there. And don't run the jive by me about this is all about declassified documents. That's been debunked. That debate we had before the indictment, it has nothing to do with whether or not the president can classify or declassify documents. That's why Jack Smith was super smart in the way he pursued it. It has nothing to do with any document other than the ones they knew he had that they asked him to return repeatedly before they ever got the FBI and the courts involved. Just what are you supposed to do? Guy keeps lying to the government, keeps manipulating his own attorneys, keeps trying to hang on to this information that he'll show to reporters, but promises it won't go anywhere else because it's in a super secure paper box in a bathroom of his uh, golf resort. What do we do? Just shrug and go, oh, we caught you. Don't do that again. You crazy. What are you supposed to do with that? I think that may be the only truly and fully legitimate prosecution against Trump. And so we've had the conversation before. Does it matter? Should it be pursued? Please don't tell me, well, every president has done this. No, they haven't. Every president has probably figured out a way to leave the White House with classified documents they weren't entitled to, but they returned them when they were confronted with it. This guy didn't. Now what? But let me read to you. This is just very thoughtful here. Our texture that I was going back and forth with this friend says, uh, da, 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 da. these are trumped up charges like all the other ones. They'll do everything in their power to, quote, find him guilty. But most know it's a witch hunt and has been for years. The weaponization of our institutions is real. I, I don't know that it's real, but I know that the perception that they've been weaponized is what scares the hell out of me. How do you ever change that? So I asked the question, how do we get out from under this? And the question and the, the answer was, and I asked, what about jurors? Can you trust the jurors? I don't know if I can trust the jurors, they said. It's public trust matters, but it's waning day by day. People have lost confidence. And there was this poll I asked them for. And I said, well, what's the answer? How do we get past this? Elect conservatives for starters and get rid of the old timers who milk the system for power and money with no regard for the will of the people. Okay, but what does that mean? What does it mean to do that? And elect conservatives, do you expect then conservatives will then not politicize the criminal justice system? And what will they do differently? Because what I've heard is revenge tour. What I've heard is we need to balance things out, and that's an excuse for we need to do to them what they did to us, and then we can all go back to normal. We've had that conversation. That's a failure. That's not going to happen. They're not going to be adjusted or rebalanced, and then when they get back into power, not seek to do it to us. This tit-for-tat thing is going to destroy America. What we need is someone to pledge unequivocally at the beginning of whatever office they're seeking is, I will not use whatever executive authority I have to pursue a partisan purpose. I will not 
prosecute someone because they are an R or a D, nor will I fail to prosecute someone because they are an R or a D. My litmus test for the use of my executive authority is this and only this. Did they commit a crime? Can I prove they committed a crime? Period. We can discuss what justice looks like after that. But short of that, they should be saying nothing about what they're going to do with their authority. should be promising no outcome, no revenge tour. But nor should they be saying, hey, if you elect me, I'm going to go ahead and pardon Rod Blagojevich. Or I'm going to pardon whoever else gets prosecuted. Come on. Let the system at least run through the checks and balances that exist, and a pardon is is the fail-safe. It's the drain. It's the, it's the final stop along the line. But to use it as a tool to get election, to get elected, to get votes, I don't think so. Here's another one. Trump's unequal treatment under the law is proof of our perverse judiciary. What are you talking about? What has the judiciary done to Trump? They can't generate their own cases. They can only rule upon things that have been brought before them. What did they do? I mean, most of the states out there have kept him on the ballot. Are they perverse? Three of the four. Remember when Joe said all the Democratic uh, appointed justices are corrupt? Well, what about the three that voted to keep him on the ballot? Well, they're good. Like, do you see how this is all outcome driven? Same text. Yes, he needs to be pardoned. That's not the question. The question isn't whether he, at the end of this, deserves to be pardoned. The question is, do you support the idea of candidates before a case has worked its way through, even if it has worked its way through the system, pledging to use their authority for a specific individual in a certain way? Trump has not enjoyed due process since 2016. Remember Russia collusion, delusion from the communist left, same song, different verse, the despotic charges brought against Trump are proof of unequal treatment of the law. Wait a minute. When it comes to the Mar-a-Lago thing, what are despotic charges and how is it unequal treatment? I mean, remember all the crap they found in Biden's garage next to the Corvette, which was a total joke, by the way, that he's got all of these top secret confidential documents. Absolutely a joke. But when they went and got them, and by the way, they should have never let him search his own place. I disagree with that. But when they got, he gave them back. If Biden had said, no, no, I want to keep these or I don't have them and they knew he did, that would be like Trump. But nobody's done what Trump has done. I think people can easily compare the two in office and find Trump's perform. Oh, this is a response to Billy again, man. This is throwing me off a bit here. At risk of playing whataboutism, why was President Biden not indicted for all classified documents he was not supposed to have? Lisa, it's a fair question. Um, What we have established, and I disagree with this, is we've established a precedent whereby Republicans or Democrats alike, presidents who end up with classified documents in their possession that outlast their date in office, their time in office, we have treated them as you get a freebie. And that freebie is when we discover them or you discover them, if you turn them over, we don't do anything about it. Trump's is different. Biden, we found all the documents, the 55 boxes or whatever it is. My guess is all those documents are back in the hands of the government. Never denied having them, never refused to turn them over. That's the difference. 
Trump denied. Trump lied to his own attorneys. He misled his own attorneys. He had somebody move boxes from one place to another, never told his attorneys. So his attorneys would go out there and say, yep, we've given you everything we know of, which is true, but it's a lie. That's what makes him different. Is it the crime of the century? No. But what do you do? Trump can come out of federal prison ripped like Blago. <laughs> it would really put some of the Trump idolatry folks over the top. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. Hey, listen, let's cut away for a break here before we come back for that last segment. We all want a kinder, gentler way to experience wellness and overcome pain in 2024. I've been telling you about these folks. I'm going to actually do it myself. I've experienced, I can't explain it, a little bit of heel pain on this trip. And it's just pervasive, and it feels like there's some swelling involved. Guess who's going to the Ultra Botanica, the Ultra Cur, when he gets home, because I left it at home. Uh, That's this guy right here that you're listening to. There is a three-day free supply with your name on it, figuratively, at your natural grocers. Go to the vitamin manager, because if you don't go it, you can't find it. Go to the natural grocer's vitamin manager. Say, I'd like my three-day free supply. Take this stuff. It's an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory patented, curcumin-based, all-natural supplement. This is the difference maker. I regret now not bringing it with me on this short little trip, but I'm going to be popping these pills when I get back, and the reason I'm going to do that is because I want the kind of health uh, outcomes that you get with this. 48 hours. That's it. 50% of all the people that take this thing experience relief within 48 hours of that group, half of them within two. Be part of that group. Check them out at getultranow.com. Get ultranow.com, but then go get your free three-day supply at your natural grocers. Hey, stick around. We'll come back. We'll get the calls, the text. We'll wrap up the show. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS. Final read of today's show, the first of 2024. Yep, it's about making your home awesomer. Guy's name is Mitch Flory. You've heard me talk about Mitch for a long time now, and I do it with a great deal of pride because nobody out there can make your countertops as awesome as Mitch Florio. That's not me saying it. That's all of the the customer reviews. Some of those texts that I read to you are from people who I know used Mitch for their countertops, excited to hear him read for on this show. This is a guy that has the business called The Art of Granite. It's a little misleading because he does granite and marble and quartz and anything else you can dream up into your kitchen, bathroom, laundry room, finished basement, countertop. Guy's interested in proving to you that he can be the best out there. So to get your business, a couple things. One, he gives you his cell phone number, 303-386-5919. Write it down, 303-386-5919. He also says, come to my showroom. I mean, you can go to the website, theartofgranite.com, but come out here and check it out. Let me meet you. Let me show you the great things that I can do. But be aware, if you go do that, you're going to close the deal with Mitch. Uh, He'll also say, by the way, you get wholesale prices even if you just walk in off the street. But if you're a 710 listener and you tell him that, I listen to George, he'll tell you, me too, love that guy. That's why we advertise there. You don't just get the wholesale prices. You get the bathroom countertop for free with the kitchen countertop package. Or if you're doing one room, he'll throw in the sink for free. That's Mitch Floria. TheArtOfGranite.com. Let's go to Frank. You're on 710. Can you ask Frank, what do you think? You know, George, I just want to say a Happy New Year, and I so Happy appreciate you and Billy's show. 
I think you guys are, handle a great deal of information as fairly as you can. And I also think that you, especially with your no, intimate knowledge of the legal system, uh, look at all sides of this question. I know that you believe in the legal system passionately. I and do. that's why I want to ask you what I perceive to be the bigger question here is, yeah. do you fully, at this time, trust our legal system, and it's a big question, in all areas of the country, or do you believe that it is capable of being tainted or influenced in certain areas and under certain administrations with certain members of the DOJ at the federal level, um, uh, swaying things or weighing, putting their hand on the scale? Yeah, it, it's the latter, Frank, of course. Of course, I think that any part of our system can be bent twisted or tortured by someone with nefarious, whether they're political or otherwise, intentions. Yes, of course, I think that's possible. And do I think it's happened? Yep, I think it's happened too. But I think that's become our fallback, hasn't it? Every decision with which we disagree, we go, oh, well, it's corrupt. There's a political motive. And it's like, hang on, hang on. Maybe on some, but maybe not on others. I'm just afraid that that's become our response to everything so much that we're like, now we can never trust the system. Well, I can only hope that you remain the super canary in the coal mine for <laughs> this system. No, really. I mean, nobody knows it any better than you. Nobody sees the small stuff. Uh, I mean, I hear some of these legal commentaries on different radio programs, and, and they're all good, but they've all got their political bias. I think you try to be fair and down the middle, and that's the only hope that this country has is to keep that system intact and to honestly investigate anybody that seems to be trying to pervert it and uh, sway it for their own political aspersions. Yeah, I, I hope I'm wrong on all this, and I hope we can right this ship. But part of me thinks that a lot of this goes away. Maybe not all of it. A lot of it goes away when Trump goes away. And I mean, at some point, he can't be here forever, right? I mean, at some point, he'll have served his second term, and he'll have moved on to retirement or something. Uh, my hope is that just down the road with he's such a, a polarizing figure that if he's out of office and moved on, can we regroup and figure out how to get rid of all the politicization of these institutions? God, I hope so, Frank. Well, I hope that he's not the only person that can help right the ship. It's going to take a country... Uh, but, you know, I sure see a lot of crazy bad things happening that seem to be influenced by yep. a lot of big powers out of our central government. Frank, you uh, you talked us to the end of the show, my friend. Happy New Year. We'll talk with you again. Hey, that's it for me. I'll be back tomorrow. Billy won't be. Stick around. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS.